Hey guys, what's up? This is your girl Coco and I want to welcome you to another episode of Kiki and with Coco. And if you are new to the show, let me just give you a little bit of background about it. Basically, the my friends come on the show, we kiki about whatever the topic is, and it's about life with an emphasis on a relationship. And I think we can all relate to things that happen in relationships. And so... I am super excited about today's episode because... I have a couple on the show, and this is a couple that I admire in so many different ways. Um, And today's episode is about faith and love, and the guests I have on the show are a married couple, they do business together, they are, they minister to people, and so you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourselves. Jeremy Lewis. I'm originally from Georgia. I did six years in the military, so I had to transition out of the military. Found love here in Hawaii. My wife, Ebony, and I'm going to pass it over to her. Hi, I'm Ebony Lewis. Um, I am originally from Philadelphia, and I've been in Hawaii for eight years. And mom six, I met the love of my life, and it's been great. Oh, and I'm a hairstylist. Don't that. right? Yes. So today we do not have a hot couple, and if I had to say I had a hot couple, it would be Ebony and Jeremy. Um, even though I met Ebony first, um, Jeremy definitely became a big brother to me. While I was in Hawaii and Eb as well, they basically just took me in as their little sister. You know, of course, Eb started off doing my hair and she invited me to church. And basically, she is who started me on my journey as a, you know, my spiritual journey as an adult. And I couldn't be more grateful for the part they played in me gaining spiritual awareness and just making my relationship closer to God. And it like, it was just an amazing feeling to have that love. I'm, you know, getting a little choked up right now, but I'm gonna get it together. (laughs) Take your time. time. We're grateful to the Lord for you. They have definitely just been there for me. And I don't even necessarily know if they realize the magnitude. And I I don't even think I did at the time. But, um, and it was recent. And, you know, like during the quarantine, I've definitely done some self-reflection and... You know, I just thought back to a time in my life where they were just there for me. You know, when I got married, I didn't have any family there. That was my doing. But Ebony, when Ebony found out I was getting married, she was just like, why didn't you say something? You know, Jeremy is going to be there to take pictures. And, 
you know, afterwards it was um, Labor Day weekend. So it was like they were having a barbecue at their house. You know, they invited us and they, you know, definitely opened their arms to us like we were family. And honestly, that's what being in the military is. You move around so much and you meet such wonderful people and you become family. And so, um, you know, I'm just appreciative for the part that they play in my life. And um, so, I'm, you know, that's just background on how I know Ebony and Jeremy. But, you know, and of course, she was doing my hair at the time. Um, I was introduced to Ebony through Lala. As you can see, our lives are intertwined so much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, um, you know, she introduced me when I first got to Hawaii. She was like, oh, uh, my girl Ebony do my hair. She the best thing on this island, you know. So, um, you know, of course, I started going to Ebony and that was it. Ebony did my hair. My hair grew so much while I was in Hawaii. I would have people all the time ask me, like, what do you do to your hair? And you can ask Ebony. Nothing. <laughs> when I say nothing, I mean nothing. Every time you come back, like, did you comb your hair in the middle? Like, no, I kept just gel in the back for the bun. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm better now, at least once a week. <laughs> All right, that's good. <laughs> at least once a week, but um. You know, I know Ebony and Jeremy both mentioned that they were, you know, they met in Hawaii and fell in love. So do y'all want to talk about you guys meeting and, you know, how you all came to be, Eb and Jeremy? <laughs> you, you start first. You tell your side of the story, then I'll clean it up, you know, with all the stuff that clean you... Clean it up. Yeah, you may fabricate some stuff. All right. So um, I had a friend, well, she was a client. It's like all y'all start off as friends and then y'all become friends and then y'all become sisters yeah. and then yeah. you know, you just one big happy family. Mm -hmm. So I had a friend, her name was Mildred, and um she became she was my client and uh we I was doing her hair and it was like it was like kinda like love at first sight. Like and um she lived in the barracks because she had came back from downrange um mm -hmm. early because she got injured. And when she came back, um she was looking for a hairstylist. Long story short, I became her hairstylist. We became friends. Now I didn't know anything about the military. So uh she had I had to ride on post with her mm -hmm. to something. And she was like, you know, ride with me to my barracks. And I was like, okay, whatever that is. <laughs> so we run on post and we went to her room and I had never been inside of, first of all, I had really never, I didn't understand what a military post was. It's like a whole world inside of a world. Mm -hmm. And then to go inside of the place where you guys sleep or where the army sleeps. And um, it was like concrete walls, like <laughs> concrete walls. Now I'm from West Philly. So, you know, I didn't, I've done scenes. You're stuff, not going right? to talk about the army barracks. Like no, that. no, no, no. So, projects. That's no, what you're saying. I'm, I didn't say the project. <laughs> So, so uh, I seen a concrete wall when I first walked in, and it was like this little kitchen set, like kitchen space, with, like, and then like her room had like carpet on the walls, and I was like, oh, uh, uh, <laughs> you can't, you can't live here, like. And at the time, I was living with my mom, and I slept on a couch. She had an extra couch, 
I said, girl, no, you can't live here. Um, you could come stay with us. <laughs> and I'll never forget, like, it was me on one couch, Mildred on the couch. A couple months later, um, she wanted to go look at apartments. She was like, come look at, a, come look at apartment with me. So we went and looked for apartment. I went apartment shopping with her and she was like, you like it? I was like, yeah, I like it. She was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I like it too. And so the weekend passed and she was like, I got the keys. She wound up giving me a, a set of keys and was like, you should move into, you know, we don't have to sleep on mom's couch no more. You know, like it's two bedrooms. You like it. You know, you still go to mom's house and do hair. And um, so we wound up becoming roommates and one of her friends that was still downrange, they, her unit came back mm-hmm. and it was a guy and um, she was like, you know, my friend came back, he needs somewhere to stay, you know, he's kind of going through a rough patch. And and I was like, yeah, no, that's that's not gonna work. Mm-hmm. It's just, that's not like, and so she was like, she was like the friend that'll give you the teeth out of her mouth, like literally. Yeah. And so I went to, went home, went, went to my mom's house for the weekend gonna do hair and came back and he was there and so after that it was like why is he here this is very uncomfortable um he had a friend he kept kept talking about this friend and I was like if he is anything like this friend like please tell him he cannot have company <laughs> like you, don't need no, you know what I'm saying like I was on a no boy strike like no male like I was striked out like done and so needless to say they wound up coming to church. They introduced us. Um, I don't really remember me and Jeremy. She remembers. I don't really yeah. remember me and She remembers um, the kid. Because at that moment, I was so seeking God so hard because of the mistakes that I had, the choices that I had made in my life pertaining <laughs> to men. I was definitely not looking or interested in anybody. She was looking. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so that was that. I went back to Philly for, um, to handle some business back at home. And, um, the day I got back, I got a text message from Jeremy, like, Hey, this is Jeremy. I was wondering if we could go to lunch. And so I was like, in my head, I was like, who is Jeremy? But being greedy, I was like, sure. Cause I didn't know who Jeremy was. I didn't know who Jeremy was. So I was like, all right, cool. Like lunch? Oh, the, oh, he. Yeah, lunch, not dinner, but lunch. So I was lunch, like, okay. Yeah. So we went to That's a um, man is about himself. I know, right? So man, I was like, this is different. So we went to um my family was in town. All of my family too mm-hmm. was in town. And we went to Waimea Falls. And so you know that's over there near the door plantation. Yeah. You don't get back on that on this side of the island by a certain time. You stuck in traffic for about an hour or two. Yeah. Well lunch turned into late lunch that turned into dinner. And I just had to keep texting him, like, I'm so sorry, I'm running late. And he waited until, like, 7 o'clock. He walks up. He calls. He texts me. I was like, That was out of my character. What's your address? Totally out of my character. You know, what's your address? And I gave him my address. I was trying to drive my weave because I had got in the water. Yeah. And all I know is I hear this unfamiliar voice in my living room. (laughs) Talking about annoyed I was so annoyed because I'm not used to people meeting my family or anybody the first, you know, like the first time, I don't even really know who I'm meeting. And so yeah. I was like, hey, this is probably going to be the last time because I don't do that. And so um, that was October. And ever since then, it's been me and Jeremy. How did, how did that version sound? That sounded about right, except for the fact that you're talking about you weren't looking. 
Jimmy, I was on the front row of the church with my hands raised me. high. Hi, Missy. I don't have eyes in the back of my me. head. Yeah, so she, she, uh, if she didn't see you, you seen her. Seen her. Oh, he, oh, I go ahead and tell your version. Yeah, she, I saw her, I did. You know, she had this big hair. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was, it was different. She was different. She yeah. wasn't necessarily, um, she wasn't necessarily my type, I guess. She was totally different. You know what I'm saying? I was used to, you know, Betty Crocker, you know what I'm saying? Like stripes and, you know, but Simple, she was very, very um simplistic. Yeah, she was she was different. You know, she had on this these vibrant blue pants or whatever, you know, kind of accentuated her curves and she had this big fro and she was dark skinned. And so I'm like, okay. And so I'm trying you to get my worship on. Outfit and the hair. I, I remember, I remember. <laughs> made you know, an impression. She definitely definitely made an impression, but um yeah she she definitely held me up that night though that day you know, mm -hmm. it did turn into a dinner so by the time we actually got to the restaurant i believe it was dark outside it was, it was getting and, dark and you know me i was country dude man. i was like i was like real country at the time you know what i'm saying <laughs> like, i was coming fresh from uh fresh from fort gordon georgia uh -huh. i had been back home well close to home their family for like nine months so i was like extra country you know what i'm saying when i met yeah. her so, <laughs> And I got here to Hawaii and I hadn't really like ventured out and I wasn't really, I'm not really, I wasn't really cultured and I don't think I'm very cultured even still to this day. You know what I'm saying? Cause I grew up in South, well in South Georgia, um, went to the military, um, went to Oklahoma, Texas, Iraq, Georgia, you know what I'm saying? And, mm -hmm. and to Hawaii. So I, you know, I haven't like hung out in the East coast, like DC and mm -hmm. Philly and all those places, you know what I'm saying? And so um, our first date was at, a place called Dixie Grill. You know, you remember Dixie yeah, Grill? Yeah, yeah, Dixie yeah. Dixie Grill. So was, mm -hmm. was, I'm thinking I'm doing yeah, something. You know, yeah, right. yeah, so I'm yeah, thinking yeah. I'm doing something. You know, we're going to Dixie Grill, and I don't think she was really impressed with my choice of um of restaurants, <laughs> but I mean, food was good. <laughs> it was good enough for the, her the to eat off my plate. Yes. I definitely got off his plate the very first date because, yeah. now, you know, we I'm – I had on I had on a sundress. He called it a ball gown. I'm like, it's not a ball. Yeah, she gown. had on a ball gown. It's not a ball, like gown. a ball gown. She but was very extra, very extra. Just being myself. I was just being myself. But once I once we had a place that had picnic tables on the outside, I ain't no. I'm not gonna be acting. You know, sedity. So so you. He was acting cute because he was eating slow. So that's why I was like, well, can I have some of this? <laughs> so that was that was my introduction. What you see is what you get. And yeah. I've been eating off his plate ever since. So yeah, that's that's how we met. I mean, and you know, like you said, we were on, we were on that date, man. And like, we were seeing each other like every day after that. You know, I went off to training um, over on the big island, came back. And I mean, it was, it was, it was consistent. You know, it was definitely consistent. I was in a good place in life, though. You know, I had been, um, you know, like I said, in the military for about three, four years at the time. And so I told everybody I was a geographical bachelor. <laughs> so what I would do is before every, before I PCS, right, I would have a girlfriend. Before I PCS, I would break up with her because I knew I was going to find something else at the next duty station. Yeah. And so I was at a point in time in my life where I got, I got tired of living that lifestyle. And so I came to Hawaii, you know, I honestly thought I was going to like marry some Tahitian or something like that. Cause I saw the commercials and stuff, <laughs> women and the coconut bras and, and the um, grass skirts and stuff. And you know, hula, I just knew, I just knew And, my, and my, all my sisters said like, bro, you're going to marry, you're going to marry like some other girl. Like, 
somebody outside of the African American race, and I didn't I didn't necessarily agree with it, but I mean I had dated you know you wasn't I, you wasn't closed off to it. I wasn't closed off to it. You know what I'm saying? So I was mm-hmm. like I just knew I was gonna get here. You know what I'm saying? I broke up with my girl in Georgia. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, this, this ain't gonna work out. You know I'm in Hawaii. You know, <laughs> you know I don't want to hurt you. You know how you know how dudes do it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't want to hurt you. And then so um, needs to say you know I started dating Ebony and it was a wrap. So that is how you guys met. Do you guys want to talk about the proposal? How long you guys dated? Or yeah, we can definitely talk about that. How long? How long we date for? So, so just saying, Jeremy wanted to marry me like week one. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if it was week one. Um, it was. It was. It was relatively. I, like I said, I was in a good place. I was in a place where I was. I had matured. You know. I had sown, like the old folks you say, sow your wild oats. I think I had sown my wild oats. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was in a good place spiritually where I was really trying to work on my my spiritual development. And so, um, I mean, you know this, but going to the church that we attended, it was definitely influential from that standpoint. So mm-hmm. um, I think we were dating for, what, nine months? Mm-hmm. And we got engaged. Um, so ironically, I wanted to recommit my life to Christ. and so. We had been dating for nine months and got a ring. And the same day that I got baptized, we actually got engaged. So it was definitely, you know, recommitting to Christ, but then also uh, a lifelong commitment with her as well. I must say, I was not being nice that day either. She wasn't being nice at all. I didn't know. It was early. <laughs> it was early. I mean, of course, you. I didn't know. And let's just say she wasn't dressed to impress I either. Was not dressed. Oh my to goodness. Like he didn't, have, he didn't tell none of my friends, you know, like no nobody. So it's we he had we had um. I told it was your a mom. Sunrise. I it told your a, mom and I called your dad. Right, but they're not my friends. You know, your friends gonna be like, girl, make sure your nails done. Right, right. So like, come on, like pull it together. Anyway, your mama was, just so excited. She ain't gonna yeah, be yeah, like, Ooh, I'm having anyway um in the morning um we had we had those sunrise um baptisms yeah yeah so for me at that time i was not a morning person like at all mm-hmm. so waking up at um five something five o'clock something it was like that was like not what are people doing outside at this time so yeah not only that but earlier that morning he had a soldier that had got in trouble oh yeah so he that. had got up extremely er- much earlier than needed anyway yeah he was up like 2 30 3 o'clock the night before we had a church service and he was supposed to be at church and he ran like it he kept saying i'm on my way i'm on my way and i know it only takes 17 minutes to get down cunia road to the church yeah it took he didn't get there until about an hour an hour and a half and it was like 20 minutes left in the service i just made a shortcut i went downtown to the wedding ring shop and had to pick up the piece you know (laughs) (laughs) so i already was like irritated by that because like what i know you you do the same thing the same way all the time yeah so that was one thing then he had this book bag on his back and like the night before at church, he had the book bag on. Then he had this secret conversation with Bishop. And then, like, 
then that night we we go to the apartment and then you know we go to sleep and then he get this call in the middle of the night he gotta jump up and leave out <laughs> and then I'm like oh, okay okay like it's cool he grabs this book bag again now this is not a book bag that he takes to work <laughs> so in my mind I'm like what the heck is in this book that book bag is irritating me so now it's now it's early in the morning he getting he getting baptized so now he come home all like babe it's just a good day and I'm like half sleep yeah irritated from last night but mm-hmm. trying not to you know and we get to the place where he gonna get baptized and he got baptized it was great and bishop was like does anybody have anything to say and nobody said enough so i'm like okay cool my first client is at 10 o'clock i can hurry up back home get about two hours of sleep before i start my i ain't even going like y'all when bishop you know asaka i used to low-key be praying Like nobody got <laughs> like I wanted to go back to sleep. So here go Jeremy. And I must say, for I was so annoyed. Mm-hmm. I was and I put my hand my hand over my face and the sun was coming up. And I heard Jeremy talking. I was so annoyed. And when I moved my hand to just like look, he was down on one knee and I was like, oh my gosh, like I was being so mean all morning like being being a um snapdragon he, he used to call he used to call me a snapdragon in the morning like <laughs> nice and it was like the best um the best illustration of of our marriage mm-hmm. honestly when i look at how sometimes you know i could always kind of be you know not always like i should be and he's still in the midst of still wants to just to love on me, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. it was just like, oh my gosh, like, how could I be so, you know, but he's he's still always coming through. Yeah. Uh-huh. Always coming <laughs> sure. through, always being sure. nice. Sure. <laughs> Even when I'm being a Snapdragon in the morning. I'm a, I'm a gentleman. I'm from South, yes, Southwest are. Georgia. Yes, you are. I can't. I'm a gentleman. Yes, you are. You That's what we do down there. Okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> But I will say when I met Ebony, her and Jeremy were already married at the time and she was doing hair out of her kitchen and I was there faithfully getting my hair done. And then she, they bought a house. So then of course she turned the basement area into a salon. It was all nice and pretty and very professional, nacho in your mama's kitchen you know, hair salon. It was it was a very nice setting to be in. And I was super proud because I'm just like, yes, my girl is doing it. And you know, property in Hawaii is not cheap. So I'm like, yes, I was doing it. And then Jeremy got out the military and he basically took on the, um, you know, the business aspect of it. So do y'all want to talk about the, you know, working relationship that y'all have as well? The most difficult aspect <laughs> of business and marriage. It's, that's difficult. I mean, it's really, really hard. I mean, especially to start, like, if we had a really, really hard time with separating our business and personal life. I mean, even in, in terms of our relationship, it was difficult for us to say, okay, we're co-workers now. And then, you know, when, when 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock came, Okay, now we're husband and wife. So it was really difficult for us to take off that 
that had, because like you said, when we initially started, um, we were doing it, you know, essentially from our home, but on the first level of our home. Yeah. And so even though there's a separation, there was no separation. And so it's like, we would always bring business upstairs. I mean, and then we got to a place where we started to respect those boundaries. Those started to institute those boundaries um, where we say, okay, let's leave business downstairs. We're, we're going upstairs. We're husband and wife again. And um, I mean, we eventually figured it out, but it took a lot of hard work a lot of grace and mercy for each other um a lot of accepting a lot of forgiving because sometimes we would say things that weren't so weren't so nice <laughs> i mean it would be business conversations but we would say things that weren't so nice though and so um it, it took a lot of it took a lot of hard work so out from the outside looking in i would definitely say that um to me you guys definitely did not portray the, you know, that part of y'all's relationship at <laughs> Very professional. Like, of course, everybody knew who Jeremy was in the salon, you know, but um, you couldn't tell if y'all was having a riff or whatever. Um, right. And just, you know, feeling like, I know you can't compare, you know, yourself to anybody else, but I definitely looked up to you guys as far as like relationships go. And Eb, you know how I used to come in there like, ooh, these dudes, they crazy. <laughs> like they so raggedy, you know, whatever. And it would just be like, you know, I definitely admire you all's relationship and commitment to each other. Um, right. That's definitely something that stood out to me about you guys is that, um, I, I I honestly and truly believe you allow Ebony to follow you and you exemplified something that she was able to follow. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're most definitely right, you know, in terms of our commitment. And I think, firstly, you know, for me, um, I really, like I said, I had to commit myself to Christ before I could ever be, you know, the man that, um, that Ebony needed me to be. I had to be the man that God was calling me to be, you know, because um, mm -hmm. otherwise I couldn't, I couldn't have, I couldn't have made it. There's no way we would be how many years in the game now? Seven, seven years in the game now, you know, married. If I didn't first recommit my life to, um, to the Lord. And I think it's definitely paid dividends. And, it, and it's not to say that it hasn't come with these challenges. I mean, marriage, marriage is hard work, man. <laughs> like they don't, no matter what it's like, it's hard work. And people, I guess people like to glamorize it and make it so pretty and, you know, you have big elaborate weddings and, you know, these big elaborate engagements, but those things, man, those are only like temporary moments and you have the rest of that marriage, rest of your life um, to work through it. So um, it's come with its challenges, but, you know, the one thing is that we've always remained committed um, to the Lord first and foremost, and then that's allowed us to be committed to each other. Definitely. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it was, like Jeremy said, it was challenging. Um, in the beginning it was challenging in the very beginning um and it didn't get easy for a while mm -hmm. you know learning your roles and responsibilities um first of all let's just say we already um recorded that we we got we got engaged in nine months we got married three months after that <laughs> yeah so we, did, we weren't engaged <laughs> for a very long time so now here we only known each other for 13 months and we're married we're living together um he's in his career i'm in my career 
Um, one year later, Jeremy decides that, you know, the military, he's going to separate from the military. And immediately we buy a house and start a business at the same time. So in less than two years, we've made, taken some big, big, big um, steps to, of commitment, period. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were, and then we were leaders at the church. Yeah. So we had a lot on, like we had a lot on our plate. So how things would have looked had we would have done the um, steps according to society you know you you be you get engaged you you stay engaged for a year you you know y'all get married so forth and so on but trying to get to know each other while doing business together i didn't i only knew him as jeremy because we never worked together yeah so for us to join in i'm a creative and he is very structured so you have I'm like, I'm a zigzag and he's like a straight line. I'm always all over the place, always on to the next, what's new. And it was, it was very challenging because it's worked for me this way for so long. And for him, he's led people and it worked for him mm-hmm. that way for so long in his career, learning and res- learning and respecting each other and um, in each other's place. Like, you know, that was very, very challenging. I didn't know what he was used to because I didn't know anything about the military. So mm-hmm. here I am not addressing it, the situations as such when he is an expert in IT or he knows about business. Like I'm great at doing hair, but not knowing a lot in the sense about business. And so it was really challenging um, because I just want to create. I just want to have a good time. And he's like, we can't always be playing around. Like, <laughs> we got, you know, there's lawsuits, there's all kinds of legal things, you know. And so um, just really trying to, trying to, the two to trying to become one outside of marriage. So we're doing, we're doing business more than we're doing husband and wife. Mm-hmm. You know, we were more in ministry. In ministry. So, you know, ministry was all the time. It didn't matter if whoever called, day, night, afternoon, in the shop, whomever. That's ministry and that's business. And so when we finish work at 7, 8 o'clock at night, we got an hour or two to be husband and wife and then turn right back around and do it all over again. Mm-hmm. So the lines of communication was, was hard to, um, they were very blurry because we didn't, we didn't have time to just grow as husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were... Um, we kind of jumped in to everything head first. And so uh, I can honestly say, I feel like it was just the last um, two years that the road has been not so rocky when it comes to business. Some things, you know, me just learning to relinquish my rights because I do have um, an issue with being in control of <laughs> most of everything, you know, mm-hmm. where um, I don't even know what I be talking about sometimes, but I just <laughs> need to be, you know what I'm saying? I just, you know, I just feel the need to be, you know. You're going you're gonna to admit that on air like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that means but, you got to play that back, Jeremy. All right, all right. I'm going to I am. So, you know, but I just need to, like, say, have something, have put an input. And so just learning, you know, like I said, going back to being and just learning the roles and responsibilities. Like, he's a, he's great with managing a business, human resources, all of those type of things, like marketing, um, campaigns, all of that kind of stuff. Like that's him. Anything you see when it comes to the website, anything, I'm just, I don't want to say just, I am the hands behind the brand. But yeah. other than 
at that's that's him and accepting that was a hard pill for me to swallow because here I am looking at other people's businesses and you know looking at what everybody else is doing and I'm thinking that they're doing it themselves where they have a Jeremy or multiple people that equal up to my Jeremy and so yeah but it's been about two years where it's kind of like we've been coasting mm -hmm. like it's been a good it's been a good time because um I know I've drove him crazy enough to say he quit you know, mm -hmm. I just the same for me. Yeah, at least fifty times. At least, <laughs> man. At least twenty of the fifty times, I was. I felt like I could do it by myself. Like I don't find and and then I get to work the next day and I can't do it by myself. I can't answer the phone. I can't be security. I can't be DJ. I can't be receptionist. I can't be you know respond to emails and yelps yeah. and all those type of things. And so you know, just learning to appreciate each other, I think, has been. Um, at the forefront for the last two years, really respecting each other's roles and responsibilities and staying in your own lane. Mm -hmm. yep. Well, the hair salon on the first level of the house was not the, the end result. Y'all ended up opening a actual hair salon in a strip mall. Um, and I was able to experience being there when y'all first opened. Uh, so how was that feeling, like getting the actual building to have the salon in? You talk so um, I shared before that owning a hair salon was never like something that I really ever wanted to do. Mm -hmm. It's it just always been a, a great responsibility that I never wanted to really take on. But um, going into the IA location was amazing from the perspective of you know expanding um the brand expanding my knowledge in the beauty industry because um i went to school and when i went to school i learned a specific like certain things and i was not able to implement those things until getting into that location and it kind of like kind of jogged my memory it's like oh yeah I, I do know how to do this or I did learn this. So I was able to put into um, action all the things that I learned over 20 years ago in school. Mm -hmm. um, I was able to work around some amazing, talented, young stylists that have like natural ability, like natural talent. You yeah. know, you can, people can learn certain things, but just naturally gifted. And it gave me what I hadn't had in over um, six years because I had came here and I, started working from home so just the salon environment um building um relationships with the with my with my staff um and then learning what i what i know that i don't think i ever want to do like that was a, a learning curve for me like i realized that i am an artist and i like to create and i don't believe that i ever want to be a creative and an owner at the same time i don't want to be an owner and an operator at the same time because it's hard for me to divide my attention mm -hmm. to give you know the staff what they need but when i say it was just it was my it, it was life-changing like extremely yeah. life-changing it pulled me out of my comfort zone um it just taught me it showed me a lot of things that i i, I really loved about myself and then some things that i just i needed to tweak and some things that i needed to work on so it was self-development self and self character development um for for us for me i know and in and for us as well yeah i mean some of the major um takeaways for me with owning the salon and uh, you know brick and mortar away from home um 
the potential for networking, man, was amazing. I mean, I networked with some brilliant people. Um, a lot of people that, you know, kind of showed me the ropes. Like she said, you know, I was doing human resources on a small scale before, you know, branching out into a larger location and then having to do human resources on a, on a larger scale and figuring out the right um, platforms to do it with. You know, um, I had individuals that, you know, that helped me out with that, though. So in, and in, the, in the community, you know, um, it really helped me to broaden my, broaden my horizons from, uh, I guess, a cultural mm-hmm. standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, previously, you know, I had worked with military individuals. I worked with blacks, whites, and, um, you know, other races, other ethnicities. But then getting out there and then really, you know what I'm saying, learning from, you know, Asians and learning from Filipinos and them linking me up with um, other individuals that can help us um, get the right systems in place. It was definitely a really, really great networking opportunity for us, networking experience. So, um, I mean, I learned, I learned a lot. Um, we're branching out. And it was a tremendous leap of faith for us as well. Um, because like you mentioned, Hawaii is expensive. So, I mean, for us, it's like, you know, we're paying thousands out in, in, in the mortgage. And then now we're going to make a commitment for three years to pay um, over 5000 out in rent. It's like, what are we thinking? <laughs> you know? And so it was just, it was really, really a, um, a leap of faith for us. But I mean, you know, God really um, exceeds our expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, with helping us sustain there, you know, not only to be able to um, employ other individuals. And so, you know, just from a community aspect, being able to employ folks and um, giving something back to the island, um, but also helping us to branch out and network to other ventures as well. I mean, it was, it was a phenomenal experience. We learned a whole lot from it about ourselves, about our character, um, about things that we need to work on, you know, as individuals. Um, We learned, you know, how to, um, be a married couple while at the same time juggling in business. Uh, we did, we appreciate that. We greatly appreciated having that time in the car, like that ride in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, sometimes traffic would be really heavy. So, I mean, we would spend 45 minutes in the car. We had time to talk. We had time to pray. We had time to plan. Um, then in the evening times, you know, traffic would sometimes be heavy. So again, we've got a chance to really decompress talk about the day. Um, but then by the time we got home, okay, now we're ready to be husband and wife, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, the time was so, so we're so grateful for the time that we spent out there. I, I would definitely say car rides after a long day is needed. Like Absolutely. it's, it's moments where I just like, I'll ride home in silence, no music, mm-hmm. no, no podcast, no nothing. And right. just ride in silence. So I can, definitely understand where y'all coming from like the the car ride home or to work was like the you know the time to talk about business or whatever y'all needed to do to pray to get the day started so I can definitely attest to needing that car ride um so in the midst of owning a business y'all also started selling hair making wigs like everything everything like you know it was it was like i said it was a blessing though it was definitely a blessing and i appreciate being um i appreciate all the experiences um we got opportunity to network also with the um, veteran affairs out here Mm -hmm. um got a contract with them where we were able to provide wigs for veterans um, who had lost hair due to you know cancer and um, other medical issues and of course the VA actually covers that. So 
I mean, we were really grateful for all of the experiences that we gained and all the knowledge that we gained through the business. That's dope. Yeah. The, yeah. Extension, the extension game is um is pretty it's pretty saturated. Um, but I think like Jeremy said, we were we're able to um maneuver through by um not being so closed off or so um boxed in mm-hmm. and with being in the IA location, it got us the attention that was needed because of course working from your house you don't need that's only word of mouth you know right but being in that like you said the um a strip mall a storefront location where it's literally over 30 businesses in the in that mall and that plaza the um we're next to the we were next to the gym and so we saw people people saw us we were as soon as you ride in you could just see it was a beauty supply store right there right so you know jeremy did a really great job with the um the location choosing the location because i i definitely was not on a journey looking to go into ia i was trying to stay in capital a (laughs) if we did have to move but like like jeremy said like uh just being able to to kind of like stretch out in on on the island was Mm -hmm was great because for about four or five years, I was just known as the girl that did the military, you know, the military clients and to have, you know, people from all walks of life, all ethnicities to sit in my chair or to come patronize the business, which it it was mind blowing for like the first couple months. Like they really, they really coming in here, you know, like, (laughs) wow. Like, you know, it was, it was so, it was such a culture shock, you know, like, because you know where I'm from, you stay in your lane, and I'm gonna stay in mine. You stay on your side, I'm gonna stay on my side. But mm-hmm. it was very, very that we were we were welcomed, you know, yeah. um, with 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 some open arms. Yeah, and you know, I didn't really get a chance to interact with our neighbors and the people in the complex because I was always working. But the love that everybody had for Jeremy, because you know he like he liked the governor everywhere you go everybody know hey jeremy you know but mm-hmm. the things that people say and how they you know you know it's like you ever you ever think back when you was a little kid and people like knock on the door like hi can you come outside and play it's like people just stopping like jeremy like yeah, yeah. like you know it's like jeremy here and i'd be like oh he just went you know he just went across you know across the way trek down there he went you know he went to the post office like people really love people really loved us. They looked out for us, um, always made sure that we were safe. You know, if Jeremy had to leave, go to school, um, people would make sure that I was locked in good, safe. So it was, it's such an amazing, it, it was such an amazing experience to, um, to have. And it has put Salam Mia Moore and um, Mia Moore collection on a, on a greater scale um, on the map mm-hmm. differently it had been before so are y'all looking to stay in hawaii are y'all gonna venture out or so we're actually looking at leaving the island Mm -hmm. at some point in time Um, Mm -hmm. we don't have a a definite timeline but we are looking at leaving the island um and COVID 19 has really put things into perspective for us you know like i was telling you earlier uh, for us not to have the option right now to really, you know, go as we please to go back and visit family. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really, really um, had a, it's had an impact on us, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, even before that, we, we, 
we watch a lot of our godchildren grow up from afar and you know we watch family you know watch family members you know evolve and family members pass away and i mean it's just been um hawaii's been a beautiful place and a, a, a wonderful growing opportunity for us but um, we eventually want to get back to the mainland and really start to have impact in some of the communities that we grew up in and um, things of that nature. Um, I know one of, one of our major focuses, not only for us to start a family, um, we want to do that, you know, closer to family. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we definitely want to do that. Um, but also um, we want to get back to the mainland so that we do have a little bit more access to travel to and fro, um, where it's not so expensive and, you know, we can get places a little bit faster. Um, mm -hmm. Our hearts really and truly, you know, we left, we left the church that we were a part of at the end of 2018 um, but we still have a heart for ministry, and particularly, we really want to get into doing some mission work. Um, so with that, we, we want to get out to Africa. We want to get, you know, get over to China. We want to get um, over to India, you know, South America. We want to get to places where, you know, people are really in need and just, you know, not only meet their um, their physical needs, but also present them with the opportunity to know Jesus, you know. And so mm -hmm. um, it's a little bit more difficult here. And, yeah, we've, you know, we've done some things here. Um, in terms of feeding the poor and, you know, um, witnessing things of that nature. Um, but we really wanted to get out and um, into the four corners of the world, you know, just following the Great Commission as Christ told us to. So um, that's really why we were looking at getting back to the mainland. I think um, as far as you all's ministry goes, I think that you all will do amazing in that. And I say that because I feel like you all have lived life. You know what I'm saying? You, you not like, like, I know you grew up in the church, Jeremy, but being in the military, it definitely exposed you to different things. And Eb, you from Philly, so we <laughs> you live life. So, um, <laughs> I, I definitely feel like you all can speak to, um, you know, things that are relevant to today. And like growing up, like I never saw no no young pastor. Like, of course, you seen those that were probably being, um, you know, groomed to be ministers or whatever, but like a full-on pastor being like a young pastor, you know, was not something that you saw. And so I think hearing a word from a young person's you know, uh, perspective is definitely what our generation needs. And so um, I definitely think that you all will do well. Um, and Jeremy, you are so good with talking with people and engaging, building relationships with people. Um, and I think that is going to get you guys far in, in your ministry is having that accessibility, that personability um and personability i think is really key to to it you know um because you know you got a lot of people you know want to preach the word to you and you kind of just be like i i, I, I hate you know but okay. I, and even even like coming to ebb and getting my hair done like it wasn't like she was preaching to me you know what mm -hmm. i'm saying i just literally felt like she was just giving me an olive branch like yeah, come to church. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good word, you know, and it was, it was definitely a, a amazing experience being there. It, I will say it took me out of my comfort zone. 
being, being a part of the church, I'm like, who this obligation here? Who did a lot? Most definitely. Most definitely. But I mean, y'all handled it with grace. Um, and especially being business owners, I know that can be taxing, but y'all still, you know, extended you all selves to the church extensively. I mean, for, for us, it was just, as you said, you know, we realized that, you know, there was a, there was a gap, you know, a gap that need to be bridged, if you will, you know, especially with the younger generation, like young people they don't, don't want to come to church, you know what I'm saying? And so it's like, what can we do to be that bridge, you know? Yeah. And so we were, we were younger. I mean, we're still kind of, kind of young. Yeah, Everybody's getting up there, yo. But, um, but, um, yeah, I mean, so we wanted to just be that bridge. Because you know? is old day, she. Yeah, you know, she's a cougar. I look younger, but I am older. But yeah, ministry, ministry is our marriage. You know, um, we knew from the beginning. I think even before we got married, that we knew our marriage would be ministry. You know, and so it's like you said, it's the um, being personable has always been a thing for me because. Uh, you know, you can go to church and you can get a good where you can get good praise and worship and then you leave and then nobody really checks on you, you know, or checking for you, you know? Mm-hmm. So I always knew that I wanted to be um, the middleman between um, what the pastor taught or preached on Sunday um, uh, to the to the person that would not just um, hear the word, but know how to apply the word, know how to live the word. And so I I don't know how or when it happened, but I just knew that we were called to do something greater outside of ourselves because people are like Jeremy, he grew up in a church and he knew, he knew God because it was the thing, right? That's but I, I wanted nothing to do with ministry. I'm going to put that out there, put that disclaimer out there. I didn't want nothing. <laughs> You know but saying? now you I, got a, a master's in divinity. I know, right, right. <laughs> but I had, I had seen my mom, like my mom was in, she was a minister, you know what I'm saying, since I was born. And it's like, people were calling her late at nighttime, like one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, she'd be going to the jail house, going to hospitals, going to people's house, breaking up fights. And so I'm like, yo, I don't want anything to do with ministry. But ain't that what you doing in the military? <laughs> <laughs> That's true, right? That's yeah. true, I wanted no parts of it, though. You know what I'm saying? Just by what I had experienced, you know, in my childhood. So for me to be in ministry now, it, it would have to be God. Like, for real, for real. Mm-hmm. I didn't want any piece of it. You know, it would have to be God for me, too, because, uh, like you said, you know where I'm from. And, you know, Christianity is is not the dominant um, uh, religion. religion right that you see that people openly uh proclaim mm-hmm. you know islam is like the the the, the um, religion that people proudly and boldly proclaim um there are um, appear to be a lot of converts you know people that mm-hmm. convert you know from christianity to islam and so for me uh i just i was I was, I was, my grandma took me to church. I went to church and all of my friends, we went to church. But when I got older, you know, you think you've grown and you can do your own thing until 
Mm-hmm. You know, you get a little hurt, then you gotta come back to what you right. <laughs> and um and so but it's ministry like ministry is like it's life. Like, you know, some people be like, such and such is life. Like, no, ministry is life for me yeah. because um I just wanna be, you know, all that God wants me to be. Um, and I want us to be what God has called us to be so that we can um get get people closer to him mm-hmm. in an authentic way. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not trying to say I'm perfect or act like I'm perfect. You know, we are, um, we are so flawed individually and, you know, collectively. collectively. Yeah. Um, but we like to, we just want to make sure that people know that there is a better way through Christ Jesus and that he is for everybody. You mm-hmm. know, it's not, um, it's not a look, it's not an age, um, it's not a lifestyle. It, yeah. you know, it's literally a relationship and, and it can be fun. It can, you know, it can very be very fun. fun you yeah. know, I mean, it's very being fun. a Christian, being saved can be fun. Like it, it ain't what we, what we grew up to. That's not, that's not freedom. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not the freedom that, you know, that we should experience in Christ, you know, because I mean, most of us grew up in churches and I'm not discounting what we, the way we grew up because it got us to where we needed to be. Right. Mm-hmm. But most of us grew up in churches where it was, it was very rigorous. It was very structured. It was very legalistic. You know, it was don't do this, don't do that. You know, they didn't even want you to look at TV sometime in churches I grew up in. Like, no, that's the one-eyed devil. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> no, you never heard of that before. That's it's the one-eyed kind of devil. They call the TV <laughs> the one-eyed devil, yo. I'm telling you. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, but no, I mean, we can experience freedom in Christ Jesus. We can, we can watch, you know, TV. You know, you can go to the movies. Go to the movies. You can, you can you dance. Can do, you can do yeah. so much stuff. And that's the one thing that, you know, even when we would have like our small groups like come over, just, you know, the freedom to be. Like, mm. it's not like you could put the title on me if you want. But the one thing I love was that I always started off with being your hairstylist, which is your friend. Right. And as long as you see me as your friend, you don't think that I'm expecting anything from you. You only see what I'm presenting to you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just thank God for the platform that sometimes I would discount. And I thank God for Jeremy that I would, that he would remind me of, you know, how this is one of the greatest platforms to have. You know, you don't have to be behind a podium. You get a chance to really minister to people. I get a chance to minister to people by my lifestyle, you know, mm-hmm. in general, the personal conversations um that that we had or we you we can have it's like man like you tell your hairstylist some of the things that you don't even tell your your best friends you know what yeah. i'm saying your mom and so to have that intimate relationship um with with you guys first and then you come and we get a chance to worship and live a life um of fun and fulfillment in him was it's just it's just amazing and so ministry is is and has been life for us from day one. And so I know you guys are working on the Elevation Conference. Um, Can you just, like, I'm not exactly for certain what it is, but, you know, would you like to expound on that? Sure. So Elevation Conference is, right now, we're figuring out our right and, and left limits as far as what's going on with um, the pandemic. We don't know what social gatherings mm-hmm. are going to 
be like in the near future. And so, but from the beginning, um, October 20, was that 2019? 2019. 2019. Um, God just placed in my heart to to do a women's conference. And of course, um, me being obedient, reluctant yet obedient, <laughs> uh, you know, because he's always just going way too far with me because you want me to do a conference, but I ain't even had, never had a woman's brunch yet before. So <laughs> from, the, from a, you know, from nothing to a whole conference, but needless to say prayer and um, seeking him, you know, about the name uh, and the theme, uh, the theme for the conference is um, mirror, mirror. And it stemmed from, you know, women especially seeing ourselves the way that God sees us and he's been really placing um in my heart um women and how we experience so many things in life because we don't see ourselves in his image and likeness somehow or another you know whether you come from a a good a good like a two-parent home single parent home adopted whatever somehow we've experienced identity crisis and he just wants me to to um illuminate who he is and through us and so with that uh we set a date for january 2021 um but like i said with the pandemic and all of everything kind of at an abrupt stop um as far as like planning and things like that um we're not exactly sure what what the date will be if it'll still be in january um but we're still in prayer as to what's next um but we are working on i'm still doing our elevation talk um tv which is on on instagram um and i do it on facebook and so we just want to right now just build up the community um in that area as far as you know uh financial financial literacy um, health and wellness, marriage, ministry. So there's so many different topics that we're gonna that we'll be talking about in the next couple couple of months. And so just kind of like really letting God wreck my plan because I had it all planned out, and then the pandemic. So right. further notice, we uh, it's kind of up in the air when we do know that it will happen, but exactly what. The exact date is I don't have an exact date just yet. <laughs> like I mean, I'm I'm just really just like Salon. I'm playing I'm playing the backseat, you know, uh, or you know, support and doing whatever she needs me to do to um, help facilitate planning and and most importantly, I'm just praying for her. you know, this is a different mm-hmm. um, a different role for her. You know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. to step up there and to host a conference and you know to handle all the administrative sides and I mean, it's it's a different role. So I'm really praying for her. Um, and I, and I know you're proud of her. Because, Very proud. Um, proud. Just like I said, just from my knowledge of Ebony, like knowing, you know, she ain't never wanted to be no business owner. She like, I just like doing hair. I like interacting with my girls, you know, and, and that's it. So to, to see her do something on such a, a grand and large scale, like I am super proud to know you. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's like, sometimes, you know, when, when I'm doing something or when God calls me to do something, it doesn't seem as big because I guess I'm in it until mm-hmm. someone like you, like, yeah, girl, that's so amazing. And it's like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it is kind of, you know, kind <laughs> of because, you know, while you're in it, it's just, 
there there's fear and 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 nervousness like like you said i i'm like i said i've never done it right it's stepping outside of you know the confines of my comfortability mm-hmm. and it's totally outside of the, the box for me and so i i have to take time and smell the roses understand that this isn't a um this isn't like doing hair i can do hair with my eyes closed this is going to take another level of diligence it's going to mm-hmm. take like my prayer life has increased during this time because i don't want to give you what i want i don't want to give the the people what i think they coming for i want to give them um specifically what god has for them you know down to this from the speakers to the music um the panelists all of that so just really really taking my time where in a sense, I was kind of rushing it. And in the beginning, um, my everything guy, he was like, you know, this is a lot. Like, you know, take a deep breath. And so now, you know, God has really allowed me to slow down and understand the magnitude of which, um, what excellence looks like. And it doesn't have to look like what I think it looks like. It's just being flexible and where he was, where he wants me to be for who, he wants to send to the conference. Mm-hmm. So um, I will definitely say, so one of the first things that happened to me the first time I went to church, um, you know, Altica, that mm-hmm. time where I kind of like, you know, I felt moved to get up. So I, I definitely understand you know, when somebody feel moved and they like, you know, I, you know, I do want to recommit my life. So I, I understand it, but you know, sitting there, you'd be like, I in the church, church done went some time, but, um, I got up for altar call and Bishop, Bishop called me out. He said, I had on a yellow blouse and he said, God spoke to me and he told me that you're, you're a teacher and people are gonna want to hear the things that you have to say. Mm-hmm. And wow. at the time, you know, I'm like, yeah, I want to be a teacher. You know, I, that's what I'm going to school for, you know, whatever, but not realizing like you don't have to necessarily be an actual educator for right. that to be a thing. So of course doing a podcast did not come to me, you know, at that moment. Right. Um, it was some sometime last year, like just trying to figure out where I fit in in a creative space. Um, right. You know, because my, my job don't necessarily allow me to be creative. So I haven't right. had a lot of time to like put towards a craft or a hobby. And so, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and my mother used to always tell me like, girl, you talking your sleep, you know. <laughs> um even my commander now, he's like, you know, when I tell him I come home and I, you know, I just sit in silence, like, I don't want to talk, you know, whatever. And he was like, well, I hope you ain't at home talking to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I do like to talk and talking, I feel like has allowed me to find my creative space. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what this podcast has been for me, like trying to find where I fit in creatively. And at the same time, kind of like realizing like, no, the the prophecy didn't happen right away. It, mm-hmm. It's still not to its full extent, you know, but just being patient 
and knowing mm-hmm. that, you know, in his time, things will happen when they are meant to happen. And especially after being married and getting divorced, it definitely put things into perspective as far as realizing like, you know, God didn't put that together. You know, we made that happen. And so, you know, just really understanding like patience is key in everything. You know, and uh, seeking his guidance throughout the process. Um, so that that is what my first experience was at the church, which you could definitely see why I gravitated towards being there. You know, not only was I getting a good word, but I felt like I was, for the first time in my life, fellowshipping with like-minded people. You know, um, we were all fairly young, you know, and it was just like, it's a lot of young people that, you know, that that's with God. Like, okay, I could, I could see this being a thing. You know? um, but I literally enjoy every time I walk through those doors. Right, right. That's amazing. That's, that's so, um, I'm glad to hear that, you know what I'm saying, and coming from you, because you, you are young, you know, because, I mean, there's so many people that um, they don't really understand the significance of, like, gathering, and I mean, even though, and we say this all the time, but, you know, at the end of the day, we are the church, you know what I'm saying, as yeah, individuals, wherever you are, wherever you are, right? But like when you can gather and come together and like you said, have like-minded individuals come together and not only worship the Lord, but to have that fellowship and then importantly meeting up outside of the church, you know what I'm saying, to to do life together, it's amazing. It's so amazing. You know, it it serves multiple purposes, but one of the major purposes is accountability, you know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, we, we, we practice it in the military where we have mentorships, we have, you know, mentors and people that are keeping us in check and, you mm-hmm. know, telling us what we need to do to progress to the next level and rank, you know what I'm saying? And so we need those people in other areas of life as well. We need business coaches and business mentors to help us, you know, take our businesses to the next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also in our spiritual life, you know what I'm saying? those individuals that are going to pour into us and take us to the next level spiritually, married couples, we need, you know, mentors to help us take our marriages to the next level, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's just so important for us to have that, um, that accountability, you know, it, it definitely can pay huge dividends, you know, in the future. Definitely. Um, I so appreciate y'all coming on the show and I so appreciate this conversation um, I definitely miss y'all. I definitely miss coming to church and seeing y'all coming to the shop and, you know, hanging out. But, um, you know, I definitely appreciate this. Um, do you guys have any final words that you all would like to say? No, honestly, man, we just appreciate you for um, inviting us on. You know, I've actually listened to a couple of your different, couple of your podcasts, and I mean, they've all been like super fascinating. Mm-hmm. I like to hear um, the young perspective, especially around like monogamy and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So, um, keep doing what you're doing because it's definitely needed. You know, we need we need the we need the young perspective. Um, importantly for us as individuals that are ministering the gospel, like we need to hear your perspective so we can know how to reach you know the young folks. You know, so keep mm-hmm. doing what you're doing. It's definitely it's definitely needed. Thank you.
Yeah, I would say the same. I um I, I just listened to the last one. I think it was with um y'all were talking about that was the no, it was one where y'all were talking about dating dating with is it dating? I'm mixing my podcast, so <laughs> Was no. it was it the one with the panel or the toxic relationship? The toxic relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and I, I think I put like I'm reposting that because this, you know, the toxic relationships. You don't sometimes you don't even know you're in toxic relationships. And I think bring bringing awareness to it, you know. And what drew me to it was the pictures that you post with mm-hmm. that you post on Instagram because you look at these and people are putting couple goals and you know everybody has a, a thing everybody's marriage relationship goes through a thing right mm-hmm. but nobody really understands that though you may weather the storm that there are some toxic traits that you have and if you don't get those traits together that you just now now you create in a toxic environment and so um it's really like jeremy said it's really really good that what you're doing because we have to bring awareness to uh, the culture of the cultural aspects that we've um, kind of just adopted or this have been passed down. Like it's, mm-hmm. it, my mom went through it. So, so this is how it happened or this is how it's going to be where it doesn't have to be like that. And so like, like just keep on pushing, keep on doing what you're doing. Because I know for me, even, even as a married woman, like I really enjoy, I enjoyed that one because I know where I came from. Yeah. (laughs) I know where I came from. I know where guys brought me from. And you know, to 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 anybody out there, one like you said, one last thing that there, you know, don't lose hope when it comes to relationships, you know. Don't lose hope um and and believing that whatever it is that your heart desires, if it lines up with God's will that, you know, he will he will surely see it, um, see it to pass. Because I meet a lot of young, especially young women that have given up hope on love, mm-hmm. you know, if you meet somebody because they think they're old and it's like, well, how old are you again? It's like, I'm 27. Like, girl, like I met my <laughs> husband at 28. I, you know, got engaged 29 and was married, you know what I'm saying? Or 20, I met you at 29, right? 27. 20, 29 because I, yeah. And so, like, it can happen. Me, like, right after your birthday. Yeah, yep. that's true. So, mm-hmm. like, it can happen. Like, people had their life planned out. So, you know, just don't, don't give up hope. You know what I'm saying? And like you said, timing is key with anything, whether it's a prophecy, you know, or whatever it is that your heart desires because you get it and you're not prepared for it, then what good is it? Mm-hmm. And so, um, that's that's my one that's my one thing that I would that like was a read. couple of things sorry <laughs> that's okay I said final <laughs> words not one last thing final words uh, but again I appreciate y'all for being on the show um the okay. lessons that I've learned like even just doing these episodes like I feel like I learn more and more about myself um And even though, of course, I look to social media to come up with topics for the show, um, they they are things that I can talk to, you know, things that I've experienced, you know, um, and I I can't do anything but thank God for the experiences that I've had. Um, I'll tell anybody, like, just 
being married and getting divorced, like it was something I had to go through. You know, it was, you know, people, some people be like, well, why would God put you through something so traumatic? You know what I'm saying? But it's just like, it was God's way of saying like in my time, not yours. And that is the lesson that I took from, I mean, many other lessons, but you know, that was definitely one of the main lessons that I learned is just, you know, I can't, I can't make things be. Right. You know, what is, what is meant to be will be. Yeah. Um, so that is going wrap it up for this week's episode. I will be sure to put Jeremy and Ebony's information in the show description as far as the hair salon, the hair page, the elevation conference. Mm-hmm. Um, these are definitely some people that you want to follow. So again, thanks for tuning in as always and stay tuned for next week's episode. Mm-hmm.